I failed so many times <laughs> at so many different things that would definitely allow me, like, I guess, disable me from being where I am today. And if I hadn't tried second, third, fourth, fifth time, even in some things, it's like I wouldn't have been able to actually do what I like to do. Welcome back to Two for Us Podcast, where we document the rise and stardom of Winnipeg's talent and personalities. Thank you so much for joining us. If you're listening on any social media platforms, social media, I meant streaming platforms, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you listen to us, hit the follow button. We also got videos up on YouTube and Instagram, so be sure to check those out as well. We got a good one today. We have a very special guest for you today. She is a computer engineering student who's worked on major projects such as UniSchedule and much more. She is the founder and CEO of Habiba's Beauty Bar. Please welcome Habiba Mahmoud. Thank you. Thank you all for this introduction. I'm really excited to be here today and talk to you. Oh, the pleasure is all ours. We've been uh, waiting for this episode for quite a while. Um, yes, we wanted to get in touch and do this for quite a while, like I said. So let's jump in right into the conversation. We, As we said in our little introduction there, you're the CEO and founder of Habiba's Beauty Bar. So tell me about a little bit about what that is and how that started. No, for sure. So Habiba's Beauty Bar is a vegan, um, cruelty-free cosmetics brand. Everything is made here in Winnipeg. It's actually made in my house. Um, I kind of took on this venture with Sophia Peralta. She's this amazing business student. And one day I was just doing makeup, like when first before quarantine started and the whole COVID thing started, I was doing ma her makeup for the photo shoot. And I was telling her about this passion of mine and she was like, you're not starting this without me. Do not start this without me. And we just suddenly became partners, kind of like not officially, but she's definitely my partner. I consider her so. Um, and yeah, it's been a wonderful journey, just making and selling cosmetics and getting to know people through that. That's awesome. Um, where did you like come up with this idea? Um, Basically, how it all started is that in summer 2019, I went back to Egypt. This is where I'm from. And over there, I, I really saw a need for, um, you know, there wasn't a lot of like, you know, cosmetic brands that took into um, consideration things like, you know, nature, you know, animals, cruelty free, vegan to actually make sure that it's not it doesn't have very bad kind of environmental impact. And I was doing people's makeup and just seeing that they felt empowered and felt confident just by me doing something so simple, really just got like giving me the idea to just go for it and, and consider making my own cosmetics and, and seeing how that goes. So I, um, I took the idea and I learned a lot about how to do that, how to, you know, do all the business legal stuff, how to learn the actual craft of it. And of course I'm no expert, but I just, you know, I found some basis and I found some things and then I had a little lab at my, house and figured everything out and it was really wonderful journey so were you always into makeup like as a as a kid and just growing up and that was just like your uh, it made sense to start a business out of it or um for me like uh, basically um throughout high school I have always felt like I I wanted to do um I wanted to do something that was meaningful to me at the time makeup was an outlet for me to you know just experiment with 
Um, I loved kind of trying on different looks and it made me feel really empowered when I put it on, like when I put on, which sounds a little odd, like I am confident I'm, and, and I'm and already without makeup, right? But it's, it's just that it made me feel a little extra something. And, and that feeling when I started doing other people's makeup just inspired me to like really pursue my love for, for the craft. And, and that translates, I feel like that love, once I discovered it, it translated into so many avenues in my life of being able to make an impact, help others and, and, and throw it a way of, of, I guess, um, I wouldn't say beautifying because I feel like everybody's beautiful, whether it's makeup or not, but just designing something and building something to make others feel included, um, to make others feel like, like confident, empowered, all that just translated into different parts of my life after. Wow. That's amazing, right? Because not a lot of companies, for example, like Mac, were not looking to the sustainable output of their product, right? Like if it's impacting the environment or for me, like I'm not a beauty guru, right? I don't know a bunch of these makeup brands or what their brand association is, but just mm -hmm. having that, why was that so important for you to be sustainably um, what am I trying to say? Like sustainably outlook, having a sustainable outlook for your products, making sure that it's vegan, environmentally friendly. Why was that so important for your products? So that was very important for my product because I believe in, in, in being, I, I feel like when something is made with care for everything around it, it really translates when people use it. They feel like they're cared for. They feel like they're also giving back somewhat to the environment. Like you have the option between choosing something that is, you know, tested on animals versus something that is not, right? And when you make that simple decision, it makes you feel better too. So for me, it was about feeling better and wanting others to also feel better because everything that we do counts and it all piles up. And, and like you said, even, even like I wasn't super aware about like a lot of environmental issues and what could be done about it at the time where I started this, but throughout this experience, I've actually learned like, I wouldn't say because of this experience mainly, but like I, um, a huge part of me getting my current internship at Winnipeg Trails to do like design and development and stuff with them was because of the skills that I learned and, and the values that my company also standards for, like with Haviva's Beauty Bar. Um, currently what I'm doing is it, a lot of it, all of it almost is about environmental sustainability. Like this week, actually, as we speak, we have launched a national bike count across Canada. So Winnipeg Trails deals with um, Basically, they build biking trails. They they do a whole lot of things around the city and, and like building ramps, um, putting in, we are in the process of like planting 150,000 trees mm -hmm. in by the floodway north of Winnipeg. It's just a lot of projects that are fueled by, you know, the need for a greener world and, and, and a more beautiful world really. And, and where we all feel included and safe. And it's just been amazing. Wow. So you mentioned that it was homemade, like you make it at your house. Why, mm -hmm. why go the route of that? Whereas many other companies would also go like a drop shipping. You could easily have done the drop shipping route and outsourced it to another supplier. Why was it important for you to one, keep it local and keep it in your house? What mm -hmm. was that decision like? So there was two parts to that decision. Um, the first, the first one is that I didn't want to do something like drop shipping because quality mattered a lot to me. Um, how I made it wasn't like isn't I'm not a chemist, obviously. So I got really, really good bases for the cosmetics. And what I would do is that I would add to it 
things like like oils that would enrich the base for, for example, the lip gloss, which was a really, really great seller. Um, also, I would add pigments and I would just make it mine in a way. And, and, oh, and that I feel got across to a lot of people because Sophia and I would genuinely be working on everything from like selecting the tubes to making the logos to sending it off to get printed. And then when you see it in front of you, it just feels so much more special. And her and I would just be sitting in my room trying to actually put everything together and sanitize everything 10 trillion times, which was not the funnest part, but it was, it was, it made me feel really good. And my family also was helping out in hers too. And it just was a lot of love put, in, put into the product. And that's something that I feel like I couldn't get from drop shipping, for example, but the option to, I guess, outsource some of the manufacturing and, and to, to scale up, that's always on the table. And I'm not opposed to that. But with my current, I guess, engagements and life right now, it's, it's very difficult to take that step. So, so was it more about putting out a quality piece of product rather than quantity? And that was the shift that caused you to go home uh, locally produced or even home produced, in fact, right? Mm-hmm. What was that process like? I know, like you said, you're not a chemist, right? How was that? Like, how did you start doing that? Was it for me? Like, I, I would have no idea where to start with makeup. So what was that research process like for you? I honestly just reached out to like um, people in the beauty making community. I've met this like amazing cosmetic scientist. I've, I've signed up to be part of the cosmetics association and they also offer up some safety training and things like that to kind of help you navigate this world. Um, also a lot of resources are found online for things like that. You'd be really surprised. And like, it just, for me, it was just like, bring it on. Like I learned so much in, in like, and it took a while to get to kind of putting a product out to make sure it's actually good quality, but it was, it was really, really amazing. And and like you said, it was, it's definitely quality over the quantity and selling. And, And a lot of it too, is like, I, I found this other supplier that would, wouldn't do drop shipping per se, but they would actually manufacture it in Canada and Ontario. Um, it's also sustainable, uh, like cruelty-free, vegan. I can definitely guarantee the quality because it's in Canada as well. And like, we have very strict regulations in terms of what to put into cosmetics and, and other things. So I, I looked at that, but the cost was, not the cost actually, sorry, the price of selling it would be so high. And, and, and I really, I feel like I underpriced some of my cosmetics, but to be honest, mm-hmm. I don't care. I care about it being like, you know, affordable enough for someone to put it on and feel good. And I don't care too much about the profit. Like we ended up losing a little bit at the end, but it's okay. Because I genuinely, it was more, way more about the message. Like um, on um, on, on a day, like a random day, I got a message from a customer that had told me that she's been going through something really, really tough at home. And the only thing that motivated her to get up and do something different was that she got her product and she really wanted to do her makeup to just feel a little different. And, and that was like my motivation, just keep going and keep doing this and, you know, all that. <laughs> wow. Um, one, one thing I wanted to ask you was like, yeah, you mentioned like since since you are making it out, out of your own house, what is like the because you're sold out currently on your website, I believe, right? All most of your products are sold out. So how how often are you resupply or restocking or what's the work process? Because you got other projects as well, which we'll get into later on the episode. So what's what's your time management looking like between the companies? 
Well, it's it's really crazy. Like um, for this, since January to be specific, I've stopped making anything altogether. I just put the project on pause okay. because I found that I'm making an impact in a different way, in another kind of avenue. Mm -hmm. And I just prioritized that for the time being because during, I guess the last six months, I've been actually furnishing like a formal lab in my house to actually like have all everything just be perfectly, you know, sorted out, lots of space for storage and just ex expanding that. So I wanted to just, because I saw that a lot of people were being so supportive, it just gave me that push to take things more seriously. And that required a lot more time, I feel, to get things sorted out properly. You know, if I'm gonna be ordering a lot of supplies in, I better have enough time, like like enough space to store it, et cetera. So for as of right now, or as of actually, you know, um, January, January time, I completely stopped making or selling anything. So it's not technically sold out. I still have a lot of supply at home. I just haven't been selling anything. Sure. Okay. Now, could you could you say that was because of COVID, right? Um, I'm sure like it impacted the whole world around us and changed the way we live our current lives, right? Was that a major impact on your business specifically? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like there's been so, so many times where, and a lot of times where I wouldn't put product out was because I was genuinely scared that by shipping like a tube of blood blood to someone's house, I would like be giving them COVID or something. Like it was something that was so nerve wracking to me is because I really want to make sure that like everything is as perfect as it is. I'm not like, you know, contributing to people getting sick or anything in any way. Cause you know, with, with shopping in general and deliveries and interacting with people, it's really tough with maintaining all, you know, all interactions to be safe. So it's been definitely challenging for sure, but I would say it was a lot more of a positive for me personally, because it has really allowed me the time to like think, it allowed me the time to like, especially when it comes to this business is to like figure things out and, and, and actually have time to just take a break when the world all stopped in like last March. So it was, it was there's a silver lining to it, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Um... Do you have like a plan for when you might start up again? Well, my plan was to start up again. And once I start stopped, you know, uni in, in May, but it's taking a little bit longer. So as of right now, I have no dates, no deadlines. So what I've just been doing has been just try and stay as engaged as possible with the project still and other business owners. Um, Sophia and I actually started this um networking circle it's called the home-based business um hbv also aligns with like our brand name um like networking event that we carried on like monthly since january we did i think three two or three events and it's just been about getting in touch with other business owners sharing what we've learned learning from what they've learned and that's been a really great way to like still stay engaged to the project without you know selling and doing all the stuff that's actually the project <laughs> that right. makes sense yeah so you and your partner Sophia you mentioned uh we know your expertise is more computer science and UI and everything so talk us about talk us through like how what portion of the business you're controlling and how, how that's split up and what's mm -hmm. your go-to like yeah of course so Sophia handled everything when it comes to like marketing she's brilliant at it she 
Um, she also did a lot of her modeling. She is a beautiful woman. And like, I, I loved when she took care of that side and just took photos and, and did all she could to promote the product. Um, she also helped out a lot with logistics. Like Sophia would be going out and driving and, and shipping orders and actually driving them to people's houses and doing all that stuff. Because also we didn't want to charge people for like Canada Post shipping. We didn't want to charge them an extra $10. We were like, you know what? We're going to deliver it to you. There was no worries. So that was a lot of our time there. Yeah. Um, she would also, like, what can I say? She organized the photo shoot for us. She's she's handled a lot of that work when it comes to, like, marketing, even helping out with logistics. For me, it was more like setting up the store, setting up the website, buying everything, getting it here, um, actually making the product. Um, that was me. Um and what else also shipping everything else really also it was it's it's all like a mix of our work i would say We interrupt this episode to bring you today's sponsor, Skillshare. Skillshare is an online community with thousands of classes in design, business, tech, and more. Anyone can join the millions of members in the community to learn cutting-edge skills, network with peers, and discover new opportunities. If you'd like to support the show and are interested in Skillshare, we have a deal for you. For a limited time, click the link in our social media description to get your 14-day free trial on us. It's quick, it's easy, and you can cancel at any time. Go to our link in our description to receive your 14-day free trial on us. Now back to the episode. And especially being in a undergrad degree of computer engineering, it's not easy. Like, no. especially engineering, like I'm, I'm in civil engineering and I have a hard time, like just keeping track of everything that goes into my life. Oh, yeah. But how do you keep track of that? Right. Like, how do you go from school to business owners to internships? How do you do that? Oh my God. Yeah. So the last semester has been insane because that's when I started my internship basically. Like it's been, okay. So when I was actually in the fall, when I was doing still selling stuff at HBV and doing giveaways and I was taking a comp course, I was taking math, I was taking a lot of classes. I honestly would just actually try doing coding problems for HBV, which sounds weird, but for example, we had a giveaway and I was like, let me make a giveaway picker, winner picker. And I just coded it. And that's the program we're going to be using forever now. And nobody could tell me otherwise, I'm not subscribing to any software. <laughs> so I was like, let me actually try to do my best to like link my two passions. And so I did that. I just like would, you know, the website, I always keep thinking of redesigning it. I even set up a tool to like book appointments, but I never got to use that because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And I would just be like, using it as an excuse really to like practice my coding which was really awesome and and fun and same with design like the packaging I designed it I figured out how to do product design which was really cool and it's all just been for me like a learning opportunity as well for the other things that I like doing so I love every part about it honestly (laughs) if you don't mind me asking did you did you use python for the order picker up for <laughs> got a csv file with all the instagram comments you know assigned the value to each thing it, it was the whole thing <laughs> was it the, just like the for loop and then yeah one thousand percent yes it is it, it's like the simplest code that it looks like it's written by like a freaking 12th grader but it worked and when it worked i was like i love it <laughs> and that was it <laughs> Yeah. See, that was that was one thing for me. I always dreaded computer science when I had to take it, but it's it's fascinating to see what you can do with it, definitely. 
No, I, I completely agree. I had to retake that class. I failed it the first time and I just, I was like, okay, I'm not letting that stop me. So I went in again and that time it worked out. I actually understood things instead of just guessing. Cause you know, with coding, you could keep deleting things and retry again. And, you know, I actually understood and then it clicked. So if you're still interested, I would highly recommend you give it another try. It'll click. No, nah, I was, I, I got my B and I was like, you know what? That's good enough. <laughs> I'm out of there. No, I get that. Yeah. Why coding? Like, is that, has that just been something you've been interested in or what led you down the whole computer science route? For honestly, for me, it was like, I am, a, okay, this is weird, but I'm a really like impulsive person. Like if I want something, I want it now in a way. And like, I just always go for it. For me, coding was like the easiest way to do that. Cause like, I could think of anything that I want to do and I could just write a few lines of code or, or map out an idea for a new app or like think of an idea for a software and, and like dream it up and really, you know, feel like, okay, I can actually do this and I can do that. And, and makes you feel like I can solve all those problems very fast, even though it's not fast at all. It takes forever to actually yeah. make a product, but it, it felt good that like anything that I can dream of, anything that I can want, I could potentially make. So I was like, I really want to go down that route. It was, it's really exciting and dynamic, which is what I love. So did you end up coding your own website for uh, Habiba's Beauty Bar? No, <laughs> I, I wish, I wish when I started it, it was, I was still in like second year, just like with one calm course in my belt. I was like, I'm not about to tackle that. So I wish, but no, maybe in the future though, I might redo it. I feel like you got the arsenal to do it, right? Who knows? <laughs> if you guys, maybe after this call, I actually sit down and be like, okay, I should just do it. <laughs> you for another like three months i'll just be in a hole trying to actually oh, no. oh, no. we got it I mean, going you you worked on pretty big projects in terms of coding too right like transitioning from hubby's beauty bar you've also created or helped create uni schedule right mm -hmm. it was yeah yeah so so what was that what was that process like for you and how, how did you get involved with uni schedule uh, specifically Mm -hmm. So with uni schedule, like I knew Khalid and I knew Leith through, through university. So they're the other two developers on the team. Um, they're also in comp sci, comp eng. So that's kind of how I knew them. And they just like, they brought it up one day. They're like, hey, like, or Khalid brought it up specifically. He was like, hey, we're working on this. And I was just like, oh, can I design something for you? And he didn't even ask me to be part of it. He didn't like, he didn't even know <laughs> that I wanted to be part of it. I just volunteered and I was like, hey, like I can help you guys with the design. And then I sent him something and they really liked it. And then we did it. We just, I, we went for it. But the idea originally was, I believe, Light's idea. And it's just such a good idea. Like I think Aurora needs like some boost there. So I'm happy that uni schedule came in and saved the day for some people. I, I yeah, remember. Aurora definitely needs some work. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, and sorry, sorry. I, I was just gonna say, I remember when you launched and me and Archie had this conversation like <laughs> off camera. We were like, yo, that's a great idea. And we were like, yo, if anybody needs investing, I will put down money, but <laughs> that's still on the table if you guys need. But, you know, I, I just remember having that conversation with Archie. I'm like, yo, this is this is something. This is something. Because, like, it's so simple, but 
so convenient at yeah. the same time right like it's not something that the average person like you could you could think about it but to actually see that developed it was amazing like yes and yeah it was just, yeah it was just so exciting like i saw when i saw people's feedback there i was like okay so we're in, like when you're working on something and you're seeing all the problems in the project and then all of a sudden it launches and people are like oh this is actually neat it feels so good because like for like two, three months, we were so stressed out. I wouldn't even contribute the success of this project to other than like Nathan Khaled who, who, who worked so hard on actually developing it. Like it took so much effort, so much time for them. And like, it, honestly, like go them. It's it's a really good idea too. And I agree. <laughs> um, yeah. And for any of our listeners who don't know what uni schedule is, do you want to maybe give like a background on what it is? I would love to. So UniSchedule is a web app. It's a free web app that lets you visualize your schedule. So Aurora right now for U of M um, does not unfortunately let you like, you know, try and visualize your schedule before you sign up. So when signing up, you usually get a lot of conflicts and classes that you're not supposed to be in and things overlapping and it just gets very frustrating. So UniSchedule solves that problem by allowing you to create your schedule and be easily change things out you know, instead of doing it by paper. So you're actually seeing if two classes are in conflict or how to plan your time basically more efficiently. So it's, it's a very useful tool and anyone that wants to use it, please do. I think we're gonna update it and get it ready for next registration period, but I'm not sure yet. So please don't quote me on that. Mm-hmm. I still haven't talked to anyone about it yet. So, so cor- correct me if I'm wrong. Did you, you guys did this like quick, right? You guys turned it around like, you- what I have a couple months I'm, I'm not too sure what was the timeline like um well I know I know Lake had the idea for a while so he had okay. the idea for a while and then the team got together in like maybe April and then I joined in May mm-hmm. something of that sort and then we launched in like July so yeah. it was definitely a very tight deadline for like a whole software or, or I guess web app to be out and, and usable and, and actually work but surprisingly there wasn't as many like explosions and bugs as we expected so i guess it turned out well i guess you just coded it really well hey <laughs> i didn't but i think they did i just worked on designing it so they 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 did most of the work to be honest <laughs> so so were you mostly involved with the design process in terms of like what the actual web page or web app would look like or were you more behind the codes um maybe like hey, use a for loop instead of like a while loop, right? Like, <laughs> No, 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 no. Leif and Khaled are like very well advanced into their degrees. I think they're actually graduating soon or did graduate. I'm not quite sure. Um, so I can't tell them what to do in any circumstance <laughs> when it comes to coding. But I, um, I helped a little bit with, um, in the beginning, I did some market research to find out kind of the best functionalities that we might want in the app to kind of design the user experience. I did a little bit of visual design as well for like the graphics that you've seen, some of the videos. It was like my first ever work in anything design related. So it was definitely a lot of learning during and after. And yeah, it was just a really great experience to get involved in a project that like did something really helpful to others. And especially it being for free, it was like just, just for everyone to use it and that's it. Like, you know, it was, it's a really great project. And I'm happy to, be, to have been part of it and maybe we'll be part of it still. I don't know what our plans are yet. <laughs> so when you launched, 
what was the response looking like after? Did you get reached out by any other companies? The U of M did the U of M reach out and say anything about it because it was directly linked to the U of M? Mm-hmm. I I think basically I know for example like in terms of analytics we got like four thousand users in like no time. It was in less than three days, something like that, and it was just insane the amount of people that actually ended up using it um in terms of the university kind of interacting with the tool like i don't know much about that because late was like the project lead there so he dealt a lot with the university communications and things like that but we definitely weren't endorsed by them or like we weren't like um what is what is it called like we weren't working in collaboration with them we just made it and we were like hey guys like we made this (laughs) and students can use it but it's not like a u of m tool or like u of m official certified tool or whatever but it was, it was, <laughs> it was really, it. <laughs> thank you for using it. But yeah, it was really cool to like um, show it to the profs or some mm-hmm. profs know of it. I don't know who else or if everybody does, but sure. yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that something you look forward or the company as a whole looks forward down the line, maybe getting associated with U of M and hopefully actually implementing it within the Aurora system? I think that would be really awesome. Genuinely, I think that would be really awesome. Uh, that's for me personally. I don't know what the other like team members are really thinking of right now, but it, it would be really great to be honest, to be able to expand this project. For me, my priority right now is to redesign it like completely. That's what I want to do. I just haven't been able at all to find any time to, but hopefully soon. And maybe I can do that, you know, soon and actually revamp the whole project since we had such a short time frame and now we actually get to a little bit more time. So what, what does that redesigning look like for you? What, what changes do you want to make? It's already a great app, right? What, what, what more can you do with it? I don't know. Just add a little bit more like extra things and tweaks. I don't know. You'll see if we end up doing it, you'll see. I won't spoil too much. <laughs> I don't know if we'll end up doing it again. This is all me. I have not talked to anybody about this okay. team and like, I don't even know if it would be, coming back or not it's like when you like design a logo or something like we've had the we've had the we have the conversation as well you design a logo it looks great for like two weeks and then you're like maybe we can change that up a little bit you know (laughs) yeah 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 me it was like it was definitely like like that a little bit because again it was my first ever design work and I was just like really excited about it and now I look back and I see a lot of opportunities for growth so Mm -hmm. I really that's that's what prompts me to like want to do it but it's just time is not letting me at all, like, unfortunately. So uh, I know you talked about a little bit uh, with your internship and what you do there. So specifically, like, what is Winnipeg Trails and what, what's the mission behind? It? Mm-hmm. So Winnipeg Trails is a nonprofit organization here in Winnipeg. Um, they're a great p- bunch of people who are just doing things for the community. They're doing things for on like on really wide ranges like things starting from like they sell bikes they it's important it's imported not important I guess both they're imported bikes and and they fix it up and then they they give them away to newcomers um just for them to like learn how to ride bikes and have bikes and you know all about supporting human powered transportation and movement that's what the like the whole um Winnipeg Trails organization I guess stands for so that includes like building ramps for accessibility somewhere building bike racks some somewhere in the community um also planting trees so that streets are more beautiful and 
and and you know bike lanes in the winter we did something called winter peg where we like had this thing called a uh, mobile ski library where like we had skis out for people to use for free anywhere in like different parks in the city so that was a really great like break from thinking about covid and allowing people to go outside and actually enjoy the outside and the project that i'm mainly involved in is is called counterpoint and that's an application that allows people to count traffic so basically it empowers you as a user to count and be counted in 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 many like you can be carpooling i think we have a count for carpooling um to see how many people are if you can tell that um also how many people are biking what their demographics might be like and that's the newest count that we've developed so it's called the cycling demographics count and it allows you to see a biker and and try and kind of make an assumption about um, what gender they might identify as, what um, their ethnic origin might be and what their age might be. So it's all perceived observer data. And we've been developing that count type with um, uh, researchers from different universities in Canada to gear up for the national bike count that's happening right now. And the whole goal of the bike count is to gather data that might help with advocacy for creating better infrastructure for people of color, for women, for people, even people that are non-binary, for people to just be counted for and to have the data to support, you know, change to make Canada more accessible and, and, and you know, welcoming of different people in, in terms of biking infrastructure. Wow. That's, 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 awesome. that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we have like, we've collected like data for about six, 60,000 bikers all across Canada um, since Tuesday, which is insane to me. It's, it's really cool. Um, and I'm really excited to, you know, be part of this and genuinely makes me really happy. <laughs> so, so was this whole Winnipeg Trail system um, developed because of the sustainable, uh, sustainability uh, plans that Manitoba has for the future, right? Uh, I know Canada wants to be net zero by 2050. Mm -hmm. um was that all associated with that yes 1000 percent. like a lot of it is the un's goals for like sustainability and and for inclusion like we have a whole project called goal five and i think it insinuates one of the goals for like i'm not part of that project like directly so i can't really fully don't take my word for it fully but i think it has to do something with the un's like um goals for like development of countries and it has to do with like giving more power for like newcomer women to go out and bike um so yeah a lot of it's for like transportation um you know equity for um sustainability because you know a bike has like no you know carbon footprint compared to a car right um inclusion more healthy people you know it's just it's just a great organization that supports so many great initiatives and goals for both Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, the world, you know? So what, what is your, what is your like daily look like when working with uh, the tr Winnipeg trails? Like what's your pro main project that you guys are working on or you specifically at least? Mm -hmm. So because we've been mainly, I've been mainly involved um, on the pedal pole project. So that's what the count is called. It's called pedal pole. It's okay. just been every day now, let's say this week, I've just been um, responding to emails to actually like look into some bugs in the app that we might want to forward to our developer. Before that, I was like designing the count screen, doing some testing, um, 
you know, communicating with the project stakeholders. So weekly meetings with like the researchers from Dalhousie University, I think Ryerson and a whole bunch of different, you know, places that are contributing to this research project and um, actually learning about the requirements that we need for this app. What can we do in terms of tech infrastructure? So um, also to gear up for the count, I've created like the back, um, kind of database for volunteers. We've had over like 900 volunteers sign up across Canada to count for us. So it's it was a huge project to be involved in, but it was really exciting every day because every day looked different. And depending on the, what stage of the project, project you're in, your day-to-day -day looked really different. So I can't give like a straightforward response to yeah. that. Again. That makes sense. So, so what does the future look like for you in terms of the entrepreneur side? Uh, computer engineering side or whatever you may pursue in the future for you? Uh, <laughs> the future for me, I think I'll just keep making things. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm seeing. <laughs> yeah, that's all I've been doing is just sitting in my room and making things. Um, whatever those things may be, I think they'll definitely be um, things again that are empowering. I hope so. That are solve a problem for others and that just are overall aligning with my values of you know sustainability and inclusion and all of those great things so <laughs> i don't know exactly but i know in the near future i'm actually launching like i'm making a um uh what's it called a website or a, a website to post like opportunities in the tech world um for interns so i'm making like this whole web page with like a directory of for different jobs that people can apply to. And that's a project that's taking a lot of my time right now. But anyone listening, I don't know if it'll be out soon or not, but tune in. Can you speak on it or at all? Or is it is it unlocked before you release? No, it's just like a it's just like a board to connect. It's just a, a I'm setting some stuff up to basically get like a feed of, of tailored jobs. And my goal is to have it be obvious on there what's like it's like a large database and have have it be obvious in there as much as possible if it requires you to be like for example a Canadian citizen or is being an international student okay mm -hmm. and to also show you the closing date for the application you can favorite it and get reminded in a bit so it's it's not like LinkedIn in a way that's like huge and all that but it's it's just a lot more tailored to tech internships in Canada so and, and, and for me, it was like a friend once wanted to apply for like a developer position. They were like, they didn't tell me until like the last step of the interview, whether it was open for international students and then it just wastes the whole time. And I was like, it would be cool to collect a lot of opportunities and be able to tag them, for example, as open for international students and have that be accessible. So that's, that's what drove this whole thing and made it come to life. Yeah, that's amazing. So what are some tips for our younger audience or even older audience? who's trying to become a computer engineer or even an entrepreneur, what are some tips you would provide for them? Honestly, like never give up. Like I failed so many times <laughs> at so many different things that would definitely allow me, like, I guess, disable me from being where I am today. And if I hadn't tried second, third, fourth, fifth time, even in some things, it's like, I wouldn't have been able to actually do what I like to do. And it takes a while to really feel like you're you're making an impact, but just know, but like that by retrying and, and actually 
taking the step of like waking up and attending a class. Like you're, you're one step closer to making a huge impact on at least one person's life. And that matters a lot. Right. So it's like, just keep going, keep trying. And like, no matter what, like never give up and trust me, things will all fall into place. Like opportunities come up out of nowhere. So yeah. Well, on that note, I think, uh, this is a great way to end off the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your amazing stories and experiences with us. Um, for the audience out there, thank you so much for tuning in to our audio-only experience, as well as you can check us out on YouTube now as well. We're back. Um, make sure to tune in every Tuesday at 11.30 a.m. on UMFM radio station at 101.5 FM. We also release every Tuesday new episodes. So until next time, peace. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Yeah, no problem.